You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. In the next 10 minutes or so, we're catching up with multimedia artist and storyteller Rachel Smith about her upcoming bookbinding workshop at the Hong Kong International Literary Festival, which is happening this Sunday on the 7th of November between 2 to 4.30 at the Senseless Art Studio. Welcome back on the program, Rachel. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. So before we talk about your workshop, I know you're always really busy with so many different projects. Can you let our listeners know what you've been up to um, artistically recently? (laughs) Okay, well, my recent adventures, uh, especially this year, is mostly working with light boxes. So I'm making a lot of different layered light boxes and I'm making them into kits and and I'm teaching them as workshops a lot of the time too. And are they for adults? Are they for children as well, teenagers? I mean, who are you aiming it at? It's actually a mixture of everything. So the light boxes I, I've been doing, I actually started them when kids were off at COVID and I was hired to do a bunch of light boxes with the kids wow. over Zoom. <laughs> Which was an interesting challenge. I didn't know the lights came apart until I put them all in the hands of eight-year-olds and they all took them apart and I went, oh... <laughs> Yes, they do come apart. Now let's all put them back together over Zoom. <laughs> it, it sounds but, so much um, fun just to let them explore. I mean, even if it's via Zoom, it's just, I'm sure well, it, it, was, it lit it, up you know their what? day. They did a wonderful job and we had a really good time with it. And it turned out to be really fun. So I make light boxes. Um, some of them are, are in, in kits for the younger kids. You can't necessarily do all the really intricate cutting. But there's elements that they have to add on themselves. So it's not just cookie cutter, right? Mm. And then I do other ones that are more complex. And then for adult ones, they can design their own. So if you want to do a cutout of your family or something like that, then that's something that you can do at the studio as well. But uh, for the little ones, I tend to cut a lot of the stuff out. And then they just they just choose the elements that they want to put into it. That's amazing. How do you even come up with um, so many different inspirations of what to do artistically? <laughs> you know, that's something people always say to me as an artist. They say, oh, how do you come up with so many ideas? And then I have a lot of people as well who come to me and say, oh, I've got this dream diary. It's really good for coming up with ideas. And my point of view is always, I look, I have, you know, about 20 sketchbooks that are just filled with ideas. If I had all the time to go through them, that would be ideal. Wow. <laughs> so you're always coming up with stuff. You, every time something happens to you or you see a new thing, you're like, yeah, I got to remember that part. I've got to remember that part. So it's sort of like when authors have a, a notebook. Exactly. It's sort of like when authors have a notebook for ideas. I suppose artists um, also have something similar. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So I still keep a paper diary and I save half of the book for just jotting down notes, bits of poems I really liked, ideas for the next thing. So I might have something written down that says, you know, dog with glasses. And I know what that means, but (laughs) someone looking at it might not have any idea what it actually says. Very cryptic. Yeah, it can be. And I know you're definitely well known for your art, um, but of course also uh, for Hong Kong Stories um, as the producer and organizer um, at Hong Kong Stories. I I know uh, previously you've also led a lot of uh, talented groups to the Literary Festival. Uh, Will Mm. you also be doing something like this uh, this year? Uh, Well... I help out sometimes at the Literary Festival with some of the organizational side of things, um, the boring stuff like making sure we have enough microphones and those sorts of things. So I don't <laughs> It's so important. To... 
right? Yeah, but not not the exciting things, right? Not the organization, which speakers go where and that sort of stuff. Um, so I don't tend to get too involved in our literary festival show, but Hong Kong Stories does have a show. We have a show on Friday the 12th, and it's our last show of 2021. Wow. Um, so Neherika, one of our long-term and very amazing storytellers, is hosting it. And we'll have eight storytellers coming up on stage and wowing the audience with their usual stories. How does it feel to sort of have things opened up? Because I remember when we caught up before, um, everything was still very much socially distanced and you've had uh, shows that had to be postponed. Um, it must feel, uh, I don't know, how does it feel to, to just be, to be able to feel the vibe from the audience in, in real life? So much better. So much better. <laughs> Recording in the studio when you're doing a live storytelling is just not the same at all. Yeah. And it is so much better, though Hong Kong Stories has been very lucky because even though we were going through it recently and, you know, our January show changed to our May show and our May show changed to their... <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, but um, we were pretty lucky. We actually put on seven shows during the year last year. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I know. We just caught just the right times. And, of course, because we kept postponing, we had them waiting in the wings. So we actually put on more than most of the groups that um, that were organizing last year. So we were really lucky. That's um, amazing. But it feels so good to be back on stage. That's amazing. I suppose, yeah, because there were so many different waves. I, I don't know, first, and if you're just sort of, if you're lucky to sort of be riding the end of one wave, you'll be able to sort of, you know, perform. Yeah. <laughs> we did one in 2019. We had, I think we opened up in October for two weeks. We did three shows in that time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's sorry, really productive. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy where, where you know, we um, we just happened to have them all set up and ready to go. And so when it opened up, we set up the ticketing and off we go. <laughs> Exactly. And the audience are also hungry for it. I think when you're yeah. sort of locked up and socially distanced, it's just so valuable to have that opportunity to see a live yeah. show and, and to see mm. art. Yeah. So I know you're hosting the bookbinding workshop this Sunday on the 7th of November from 2 o'clock to 4.30 at your space, um, Senseless I Art am. Studio. Uh, can you tell us more about it? So I'm, I, I've been doing bookbinding since I was about 17 years old, and uh, I pass on those skills to people in the studio along with lots of other things. Obviously, I teach art and some sewing and, you know, bits and bobs and lots of different things. But uh, bookbinding is still a bit of a passion for me because it's very difficult to find books that are exactly what you want. It's so much easier to make them yourself. Um, <laughs> and this allows you to um, put in the kind of paper that you want or put in the kind of, of textures that you want or bind it so that you can glue things into it and those sorts of things. So the one that we're doing on the weekend is going to be a Coptic style, um, which comes from Egypt. And it's sewing where the, the if you imagine like, you know, your typical book, it's got a the front cover and the back cover and then it's got a spine that's co covered on it. In the Coptic stitching, the spine is actually revealed, so it's never covered up. Oh. And so it's it's quite a pretty way of doing it. Your book lies very flat when you're finished. It's great for watercolor and it's great for journaling and things like that. Um, so we're going to all sit in the studio and learn the techniques right from start to finish so that people can actually make their own books at home too. That's amazing. How did you learn mm. um, all about bookbinding? And from and such a young age? <laughs> 
such a hilarious and slightly ridiculous story. So um, I come from Canada and we had this group there called the Society of Creative Anachronisms or the SGA, where we reenacted the Middle Ages in our spare time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very popular. Yes. Wow. It was a thing that we did. <laughs> And so what was really awesome about it, especially as a teen, was I get together with a bunch of adults who, like, we all just dress up in ridiculous costumes and hung out in a park somewhere <laughs> on the weekend and learn how to, like, smelt metal and what? do make our own paper and sew clothing and weave and things like that. And um, so during the day, we would um, usually learn a skill, like an ancient craft. Yeah. And then, you know, in the evenings, we'd maybe have a have a big dinner and some dancing and things like that. So <laughs> one of the things I learned was bookbinding. I'm also really good at making chain mail, but that's not coming as handy people in my later pay, life. People pay good money for their children to, you know, go to schools like this where they, you know, learn about <laughs> things. <laughs> and, and, and you did it at a young, at a young age already. Wow, yeah. what an incredible so, skill to have. Since... <laughs> no, I'm being serious. It's one of those things where you laugh because it's a bit, um, um, I don't want to say, it's not geeky. I, don't, I can't even think of the word. But it's, <laughs> but it's <laughs> But then it's kind of cool. If you, know, if you said it at a party, everybody would sort of turn their heads and be like, you can make your own paper or your own book that's <laughs> hey i could even make my own twine <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah. there's nothing new because everybody was trying to be really authentic to the original um idea so there's nothing that you don't learn how to make right from start to finish there's nothing like you can store by your your twine but you can also make it out of these <laughs> long fibers <laughs> I'm sure listeners would, would really, really want to go um, and sign up for your workshop. It's happening this Sunday on the 7th of November between 2 to 4.30 at Senseless Art Studio. Rachel, it's so nice to talk to you and I always learn something new from you each time we, we, <laughs> we chat. Um, remind our listeners once again, if they want to find out more about you and your work and your art, where can they go to? They can find me on my website, senselessart.net. That's senseless, all one word, art. Dot net. Excellent. Like a senseless art. <laughs> I don't know. Like a <laughs> There's a that, reason behind that. But. <laughs> that catches all of us. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Rachel, always so lovely to chat with you. And I look forward Wonderful to our next catch-up. Well. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye.